Deuteronomy 1. (sighs) Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you're glad to be here. Hope you've had a good New Year so far. Five days into January. And uh, it's crazy how fast time flies already into 2020. Let's begin with a word of prayer this morning if we can. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity of being here this morning. I pray that you would guide our thoughts, guide my voice. I pray that we would be able to say what you want me to say. Father, I pray that your will would be accomplished here this morning as we move forward for you. I pray that you would continue to help us keep our focus on you. I pray that you would continue to help us to remember that you died on the cross for our sins. Father, we thank you so much for that. Pray you uh, just continue to keep our focus there. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. There is no doubt in my mind, none whatsoever, that every single one of us has a natural tendency to get comfortable. Do you know how I know that? Because we split the Sunday school classes. And the first question was why do the men get the comfy seats? I'm not kidding. That was the first question. Why do the men get the comfy seats? And listen, that's okay. The men get the comfy seats because we're, no, I can't say that. Um, Because my wife chose next door because you were having coffee and donuts. Now, men, if you want coffee and donuts, you have to go next door to the ladies' class, just so you know, okay? But... There's the natural tendency is to be comfortable and to get as comfortable as possible. After all, our homes are decorated a certain way, aren't they? All you ladies decorate to what you're comfortable with. You don't decorate your house in a way that you feel uneasy in. You don't want to do that. You want to come home and feel comfortable, so you decorate your house how you like it, how you're comfortable in it. There is no doubt in my mind that every single one of us has a natural tendency to slide into a rut and stay there because it's a lot of work to get out of a rut. We used to drive um, our, our laneway. It's quite long where I grew up. And every year we would have to block the driveway off at the end Because we would make these ruts that were huge. And if you got into them, you could not get out of them very easily. Ruts are hard to get out of. There is no doubt in my mind that every one of us has a natural tendency to remain in the status quo. Just don't change anything. The reason we do that is because there's an absolute fear of the unknown. Not one of us is comfortable with unknown. We all like to know what is going on. There's a fear of what might happen if the status quo changes. We already, knows, we already know what happens if we stay here. We already have everything in its place. We already know what's going on. What happens if we step outside of that? What happens if we don't know what to do anymore? What are we going to do? I want you to write this down. Moving Forward requires change. Moving forward requires change. I don't know about you, but when I'm a passenger in a vehicle, I don't look at the road. I look at everything going on outside. Because when I'm driving, it's usually a good idea to look at the road. Usually. 
So I like to look at everything else. Do you know what? You can move just a split second, and you know what? Your entire view changes. To move forward requires change. I want to introduce to you the theme for 2020, in case you haven't gotten it yet. It's forward. Forward. The Bible Baptist Church must move forward. Hear me. You must move forward. You, your personal life, your individuality must keep growing, must keep moving forward. We are in a spiritual battle, every single one of us. We're in a spiritual battle and we need to be advancing. We need to be taking steps forward. We need to be, as our last year's uh, theme was, conquering through Christ. We need to be doing that. It must be done. We need to be a prevailing church. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against God's church. Let me ask you a question. Are we God's church? Then we must be advancing. The gates of hell should not be prevailing against us. We should be prevailing against that. We said in our Sunday school class, the men's Sunday school class, that so often our world is rough and tough. The Bible says that we are sheep in the midst of wolves. And so we go out there and we go, oh my, there's no way we can win that. There's no way we can defeat what's out there. But listen, we have God on our side. We need to be advancing. We need to be moving forward. Over the past year, the children of Israel have been our teachers. They've taught us many lessons. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, the Bible tells us, that the things that the children of Israel did, the things that the children of Israel went through, are written for our example. So I want to look at a few of these examples this morning. I want to look at the children of Israel again for, for quite a while. We're just going to kind of continue through. I want to look at the children of Israel and I want to learn some examples from them. There are at least, at least, I think there's more, but there are at least three times where God says to the children of Israel, it's time to get up and get moving. It's time to get up and get moving. You've gotten too comfortable, let's move. And I want to show you those three times that he had to motivate them and move them forward. The first one's in Deuteronomy chapter 1, look at verse 5. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 5. Moses, speaking on this side, Jordan, in the land of Moan, began Moses to declare this law, saying... The Lord our God, watch this now, spake unto us in Horeb, very key point, saying, ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Anybody else catch that? Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. You've been here long enough, it's time to move on. Look what he says, turn you. And take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them. And to their seed after them. The children of Israel, if you will, have just crossed the, the, the Red Sea. 
God had done a great miracle for them. They are now sitting at what is called Mount Horeb. They're getting ready to enter the promised land for the first time in Kadesh Barnea. They're getting ready to walk into the land. But God says, you've spent enough time here. You've spent enough time at Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb is the place where they receive the Ten Commandments. Not once, but twice. Mount Horeb is the place where they made the golden calf and they worshipped it. Mount Horeb is the place where they actually built for the first time the tabernacle. Where God would dwell. It is here that they stayed for quite some time, but this was not what God had for them. This was not the place God had intended for them to go. God had intended them a promised land. A land that floweth with milk and honey. And all they had to do was get going. They had to move forward. The second time I want you to see is in Deuteronomy chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says this. Then we turned... And took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me. And we compassed Mount Seir many days. Okay? If you will, watch this. This is Mount Seir, okay? They just compassed it. Many days. Now look at verse 2. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward and command the people, saying, You are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. And it continues. Listen. Hey, you've dwelt here long enough. You've, you've compassed this mountain long enough. The children of Israel basically walking in circles around Mount Seir. Mount Seir is the place that Esau had inhabited. This was their land. God gave Esau this land. Listen, and he says throughout this passage, don't touch them. Don't fight with them. Just, just go through. You don't have to do anything. Just go to the land. Again, the children of Israel get into a comfortable place. God tells them, come on, let's get moving. Let's go northward. The third and final one, don't worry, I'm not done. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Again, here in Joshua chapter 1, the children of Israel, again, have been in the plains, I looked this up, for at least three years. At least three years. They've been in the plains of Moab for three years. They quite possibly have gotten comfortable with their living arrangements. I'm sure the wives had decorated things a little more permanently. They had spent a little bit of time there and they'd gotten comfortable with where they were. But look at verse 2 again. We, we looked at this last year. The Bible says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. God's saying, listen, it's time to get going. It's time to go over this Jordan. It's time to, if you will, move forward. God has something special for you. Move for, forward. 
I give you these three examples for one purpose. I want to show you that the natural human tendency is to stay in our comfortable surroundings. Listen, the children of Israel, especially here, have already conquered the land around them. They've already conquered the, the, Sihon and Og, two of the greatest kings. They've already conquered them. And so they've got a portion of the land that God had promised them. They're living here. They're in a well-watered plain. I mean, things are going great. This is a wonderful place, but that is not all God intended for them. They had to move forward. It's our natural human tendency to get comfortable and stay there. But God says, move forward. Moving forward requires change, but Moving forward means for the children of Israel, new battles, right? New battles. I mean, there's things that they're going to face that they've never faced before. They've never faced the walls of Jericho before. But that's their first battle. Moving forward means new enemies. Man, they knew a lot about the Ammonites. They knew a lot about how strong they were and all that they were. They knew a lot about them. But now they're going against Canaanites and Perizzites and Hittites. They're going against all these amazing, powerful people. Moving forward means unexpected twists and turns. First unexpected twist was Achan. Achan steals gold and silver in a Babylonian garment. He steals from what God had said, don't touch. And there's this twist and this turn. Listen, things are going to change that you just don't expect. But moving forward, hear this, means accomplishing Everything that God intended for your life. Everything that God intended for your life. Don't miss this. We, the members of the Bible Baptist Church, those who are saved, know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. We need to move forward. We can't get comfortable with where we are. We can't get comfortable with what's going on around us. We need to move forward. Again, as we've said, the children of Israel are at the Jordan River. There are Two and a half tribes that have already claimed their inheritance. They already, if you will, have their reward. They've already gotten what they've come for. But hear this. There are still nine and a half tribes that don't have what God intended for them. Please, if you fall asleep after this. But for right now, hear this. The Bible Baptist Church, those who are saved, who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Listen. We have our reward. We have Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We know that if we die from this place today, that we will end up in heaven. We will have a glorified body. We will be with Christ. Listen, we have a hope, a blessed hope. But hear me. There's a world out there. Approximately 7.8 billion people that still don't have that that still don't have what God intended for them. God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants every person in the world to know his inheritance. God wants every person in the world to be joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And there are times where this guy just sits in the comfort 
of what he's already got. Selfishly, sitting there, basking in the glow, if you will. And listen, I'm not trying to say you can never be thankful, you can never sit and bask in the glow, and you can never be comfortable for any amount of time. But listen, far too often we get in our comfort zone, and that's where we stay, and we don't want to move out of there. There are people out there that have no idea that there even is a God. There are people out there that have no idea that God has something planned for their lives. Moving forward for Bible Baptist Church, hear this, means that there will be new attacks from the enemy. Listen, if we're not being attacked by Satan, we're not doing anything. That's what moving forward means. There's going to be further attacks. Moving forward means that there will be new battles to face. There'll be new things that we'll have to, we'll have to talk about. We'll have to figure out. We'll have to go forward with those things. Moving forward means that there will be a lot of unexpected twists and turns. A lot of things we just don't know what to expect. But hear me. Moving forward will mean that we are accomplishing what Christ intended us to accomplish don't sit here anymore we've sat here long enough let's move forward i want you to see the willingness of these two tribes two and a half tribes joshua chapter one and verse 16 which is our theme verse the willingness here watch this the bible says and they answered joshua saying all that thou commandest us, we will do. And whithersoever thou sendest us, we will go. According as we hearken unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee, as he was with Moses. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. This attitude, to me, is absolutely amazing. Listen, Joshua, under the power of God, whatever you command us to do, that's what we'll do. We are comfortable. We have our houses. We have our lands. We have our cattle set up. We have our children all tucked away. We are ready to go. Now whatsoever you say we are going to do, let's go get them. This is, I believe, what the attitude of our church should be. I believe our church should have an attitude of whatever it takes. Whatever the Lord wants us to do. That's what we'll do. Whatever God calls us to do, we're going to do it. Listen, this church is not led by me. Please understand that. I'm not asking you to say, Pastor Yeomans, whatsoever thou sayest, that's what we're going to do. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. Whatever God says. Whatever God says. Tonight I want to present to you what I believe God has laid out for us in his word. This is not some newfangled idea. It's what God has laid out to us. So I want you to come back tonight and hear. But we must do whatever God wants us to do. I believe we need to get out of our comfort zone and do what God wants us to do. Whatever. Here's another thing to write down. 
A church that is not moving forward is not fulfilling God's purpose. A church that is not moving forward is not fulfilling God's purpose. There are many people in Christian society, I don't necessarily think that it's in our church, but definitely in Christian society that have a, what I would call a hold the fort mentality. Which there's a song written, hold the fort for I am coming. And listen, I'm not trying to diminish that song, but we have taken that mentality. We're just going to hang on to what we have until Jesus comes. We're just going to hang on. There's, there is no doubt that we need to be looking for that blessed hope. There's no doubt that we need to be looking for Christ's return. There's no doubt that we need to hang on to what we have and not let go of truth. There is no doubt in my mind that those things need to happen. However, Jesus wants us to prevail against the gates of hell. I want to show you something in Acts. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says this, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Again, they're still looking for that physical kingdom. He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power. Watch this, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Look at verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Verse 10. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Look at verse 12. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And it continues. The disciples see Jesus ascend into heaven. And if you will, they're just standing there gawking. Duh. It literally takes two men, clothed in white raiment, to say, did you not remember what he said just a couple verses ago? Go into Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and into Samaria and into out of the most parts of the earth. Let's go. Let's move forward. Quit gawking. God has given, Jesus has given you a great commission, and if you will, they just needed a nudge. Let's go. Why are you gazing? Jesus Christ is coming back. Just like you saw him go, that's the way he's going to come back. He's coming again. Go do what he instructed you to do. Go fulfill all that he intended for you. And listen to me, Bible Baptist Church, we can stand gazing an awful lot. And listen, that's biblical to an extent. But God has given us something to do. We know Jesus is coming back. We know he's going to come back. We know it's going to happen. And we need to live our lives in such a way that it's going to happen. But there's a job to do. There is something that we need to do. Let's get out of our comfort zone and move forward. So how? How are we going to move forward? I want to give you three ways in which I believe we need to move forward. Number one, a progressing relationship with God. Very key and important words. A progressing relationship with God. Let me ask you on an individual level. Has your relationship with God progressed or has it gone backwards? On an individual level. Has it gone forward or has it gone backwards? You see, if we are going to move forward, we have to have a forward-moving relationship with God. It has to be. Listen, that's what the two and a half tribes said to Joshua. Hey, as long as you are with God, we will follow you wherever. Listen, it's got to be God. It's got to be God. It's got to be our relationship with God. It's got to progress forward. Our relationship with God should be paramount. It should be the number one thing. It should be first and foremost. It should always be progressing. Individually. Listen, I'm all for church. <laughs> I'm all for coming here on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. I'm all for all of this. But hear me. That is not a relationship with God. If I only see my wife once, twice, maybe three times a week, she's not going to be happy. That's not a relationship. A relationship is Moment by moment, day by day, learning, studying, understanding, pursuing, progressing. Each one of us needs to have a relationship with God that's constantly and daily moving forward. Constantly and daily seeking after him. We still cannot conquer on our own. We need him. We cannot move forward on our own. Our relationship with Christ should be paramount. Number one, progressing in relationship with God. Number two, promoting unity with each other. How are we going to move forward? By promoting unity with each other. Unity must be promoted. Unity must be promoted. Not just from the pulpit, but from the pews. From the pews. The Bible says a house divided against itself cannot stand. Listen, if the Bible Baptist Church is going to move forward, you must 
be unified. There is something or someone that is keeping us from unity. I believe it needs to be dealt with. Listen, if you individually are not unified with somebody in this church, if you're at odds with someone, that needs to be taken care of. We cannot move forward. Listen, you will hurt the entire church, one person. We need to be unified moving forward. This involves putting your pride aside. This involves humbly working toward a resolution. It must be unified. A house divided cannot stand. So how does that look? Hey, this is the direction God has us going. This is the direction we want. This is how we're going to promote this. We need to get on board. We need to do what God wants us to do. And listen, if I've got a problem with my brother, I need to go to him and him alone and go talk to him and square this thing up. Because I can't fight a battle that's in front of me when I'm fighting a battle with my brother. Do you get that? I can't fight on two fronts. You can only fight on one. And listen, the battle is far too intense this way for it to be intense this way. Unity must be promoted. So if you see someone that does not have unity, listen, promote that unity. If you yourself don't have unity, promote it and get things taken care of. Number three, propelling God's love to others. Propelling God's love to others. It baffles me that of all the ways that God could choose to get his love out, he chose us. I mean, the angels did a pretty good job on Christmas, didn't they? Why, why wouldn't he just use those, them again? Why wouldn't he just use his servants to do so? I, I have no idea. Why wouldn't God write banners in the sky? Why wouldn't God do, I mean, there's a myriad of different ways God could proclaim his love. But he chose a bunch of dirt balls. A bunch of sinners saved by grace. Why? Because I believe we've already experienced the love of Christ. We own the love of Christ. We have it inside of us. And so often we're just comfortable there, aren't we? But we need to propel that love out. Get it out and let other people see it. Listen, St. Thomas needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. We cannot contain God's love any longer. Again, the other 7 billion people in the world need to know about the inheritance God has for them. As a church, we need to be propelling that, moving that forward. Again, not just from the pulpit. Listen, it is my joy and my privilege to get up here and preach about God's love every single week. But it can't be just done here. And it can't be done from the pew. It needs to be done in our everyday interactions. Every single day. You carry God's love with you everywhere you go if you're saved. Listen, it's fun to have brotherly love and talk about what Jesus did for you even here. But it's a totally different thing for other people to see that love. Every one of us needs to propel God's love to others. They need to know. Moving forward has to happen. 
We are going to continue to look at the children of Israel and how they move forward to claim what God had for them. We're going to start looking at the book of Joshua and see how they conquered, how they never lost a battle unless there was sin. We're going to look at all that and see how they progressed into what God had for them. I want to give you one simple illustration, and I've used it before, but just as we're closing up. Earl Jessup was a friend of mine, and he was the founder of Baptist Church Planning Ministries. He was a black and white kind of guy. It was either right or wrong. And I loved it. One of my first times meeting him, really getting to know him a little bit, Pastor Stone and I took him out to eat at the Mongolian Barbecue on Richmond Street in London. We sat there and I was just there, really just listening to two guys talk. And I don't know what provoked it. I don't know what happened. But to this day, I remember, Earl Jessup poked his bony finger at me, and he said, Johnny, never coast. I said, okay. He says, Johnny, never coast. All right. And he says, I mean it. Never coast. And he raised his voice at me. Okay. I don't know how many years ago that was. But this I know. I remember it. And I'm ashamed to tell you that there have been times in my life where I've coasted. Just got comfortable. Bible Baptist Church. Never coast. Never let your foot off the gas. Never get comfortable. Keep moving forward. I don't know if there was ever a day in Earl Jessup's life where he coasted. But to my knowledge, from when the time I met him to the time he passed away, I believe he never coasted. He kept his foot to the pedal on the metal. It was just going. To the day he died, my father-in-law said to me, 72 years old, going to another church, I said, are, are you going to retire? Got a good idea for you. He loves boats. Why don't you become a captain of a cruise ship and just spend your time on boats all this time? I was half joking. He looks at me with all sincerity and says, I can't stand before God. And tell him that I wasted the last 30 years or however long the Lord will give me of my life. And today he's the pastor of a new church that needs some revitalization. The guy's nuts. 73 now. Just keeps going. Listen, I'm young. 31 years old, i got a fair amount of energy. But I never want to look back when I'm 75 or 80 or 90 and look back at 31 and go, man, wish I could have those years back. 
man, wish I'd just move forward a little bit more. I want Bible Baptist Church, and I believe God would want this, to move forward in our lives, our personal, individual lives, and move forward for him. Tonight, I want to give you the nuts and bolts of that. I want to give you what I believe God has given us to move forward and accomplish his will. So please, if you're brave enough, come back tonight. We'll look at what we're going to do to move forward for Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day.